Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for the creative entrepreneur building a business for the long haul. Our guest today is the artist formerly known as Cash College. Over the past two and a half years, he has grown a YouTube channel, nearly 80,000 subscribers, talking all things finance, saving, investing, crypto, compound interest, stocks, financial independence, lifestyle, passive income, hip minimal frame glasses, amazing font types, artistic color palettes, and the purpose of life itself. He hails from the great white north, and we think he played hockey in his past. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. But for real, he's a cinematic genius who matches the aesthetic of a gorgeous documentary while teaching you all you need to know financially. He just has one of the kindest voices on the internet. Please welcome Steve Antonioni. <laughs> oh, wow. That was that was one of the best intros. I No, the best intro I think I've ever had. That was that was incredible. Holy smokes. And for the record, Wait, the I, I part, did right? I did what? play hockey, actually. That is that is correct. Okay. I mean, is that virtually everybody in Canada or? Or is that super stereotypical? <laughs> I, I thought it was when I was growing up. I think it's because I grew up in like a, a pretty typical hockey town. So I had the impression that mm. literally, like that's just what you did. Like I started skating at the age of, of three. So I was really young and some of my earliest memories are actually playing hockey, I think. So I just thought that's, that's what you did. Um, and to a large extent, I think that is fairly true. I think uh, it is definitely a, a very popular thing here. Is, is that part of your story? Like, was it pretty significant for you? Yeah, I think like, um, it depends. Like, I think it's, um, one of the things that hockey was really great for was meeting like my lifelong best friends. Um, we became mm, best yeah. friends probably when I was like, I don't know, I want to say like grade four or something. For some reason, like grade four is always the default age for me when I'm like, when did that happen? <laughs> I, I think it was grade four. I don't know. It seems like the, the right age around there. <laughs> so let's just go with grade four. Um, and we've been like lifelong best friends ever since then. Um, and I think like team sports like that teach you a lot growing up. Um, but at the same time, like I think I had that kind of maybe more typical um hockey type of upbringing but in addition to that i think i kind of pursued like artistic stuff a little bit more which was definitely not typical growing up at least where yeah. i grew up it was definitely more like you know if you're if you're growing up as a boy you play sports and if you're playing sports you probably play hockey um so that was definitely more encouraged than like pursuing artistic stuff at the time for sure uh speaking of artistic stuff i can't help but notice you have amazing tattoos on on your arm right there could you uh, could you uh, just uh, maybe give us an idea of which which one is your favorite i've, I've only got Ooh. one right now and i'm trying to collect a couple more so I'm, I'm always curious to learn about other people's tattoos yeah hmm that that would be tough it's like every new one i get becomes i think like a favorite so it's really hard to decide i really really am a huge fan of make sure the camera can see it there as well this is uh majora's mask from from zelda uh kind of one of the original video games back in the day um that was definitely one of my favorites i like i grew up playing that mm -hmm. stuff and just really really loved it um this one too is definitely one of my favorites as well i'll move the the watch here so you can see it a little better but um that one is from princess mononoke it's like an anime from studio okay. ghibli if I don't know if you guys have watched those at all, but um, they're kind of like the 
I don't know if people get mad at me for saying this, but they're like, I could kind of see them being like equivalent to like the Disney, but like the anime version from like Japan, essentially. Um, if you haven't yeah, seen okay. those films, definitely highly re- recommend checking those out. Like Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke are like the two kind of big ones that oh, you've maybe Spirited seen Spirited Away. Away before. That's like the okay, very cool. one. Nice. Okay. You're just like one of the most interesting people I've ever come across. <laughs> <in the internet. laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like personally, I resonate with you like from afar and seeing some of your work because as I mentioned in the intro, obviously your whole channel and online presence is based off of finance and teaching about money and financial independence. Uh, but there, it's it's very different in the sense of aesthetics and the the clear um, picture you make, um, both metaphorically and like literally visually. That it's very different than all of the other finance stuff on YouTube, um, which can be really corny and terrible audio and like blown highlights and just so. Whenever we like as from a photography and filmmaking background see something, it's like finance may be your A topic and it's like my B topic. It almost feels like those are flip-flopped for us. So it's just really interesting to look at someone from a different perspective like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, And that's like, that's something that people um, ask me about a lot. Like I remember um, when I first kind of met like one of the first few people through doing this thing, um, I met my friend Maddie uh, Hapoya kind of through making like my first original videos because I guess he was trying to learn about um, investing in ETFs in Canada. And he happened to come across mm. um, one of my videos early on and he's like, hey, these are really cool. And and him coming from like more of that videography, photography background, um, I think he kind of saw similar things as, as you. And he kind of asked me, he's like, which one came first for you? Like, cause his impression was that I did photography and videography and then like finance on the side. Um, but I was like, no, it was actually like the other way I come from the finance world, but I just kind of also really like photography and videography too, and just kind of put it together in a whole package. But, um, no, honestly, like one of the things that, um, maybe is why I see things a little bit differently is because, um, also, what are we allowed to say on this podcast? Are we allowed to, are we allowed to just go any, curse at all? You want. Okay. Cause yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't give a shit about money at all. Like I couldn't give, <laughs> I couldn't give less of a shit about money. Like I don't care about it. I don't like, it's not even real in the first place. It's completely made up. <laughs> it's just something that we have to navigate in the way like our society is structured essentially um so that's why it's important to me because freedom is important to me and kind of money's a way to access that freedom um Mm. so for me like when i create something i'm not creating it because i want to have like um i want to like purchase luxurious things or kind of go that route or, or just be rich in general like i don't care um, I care about being free and free to create what I want to create. Um, and I think just creating things in general, uh, brings me like a ton of fulfillment. Um, but I think like, 
I think I definitely do kind of walk like the the middle ground between being like having like a pretty good I think like logical mind as well as like a creative mind and I think I can kind of pair those mm-hmm. two things together like I don't think I'm too far one way or too far the other way um so I thought that was kind of like a unique thing that I had never seen before um so that's why I really wanted to try and just like create this thing and see if I could make it happen um and it's just like so cool that you know you can put stuff out on the internet and it can lead to stuff like this right like talking to you guys who Mm. also create like really really cool things um like i just just before coming on i watched um i watched the video that uh you made uh steve about uh that um what do you call that thing the uh the little short (laughs) form you did about the um i'm blanking on the name of that thing what do you call those Uh, like a fanny pack essentially yeah 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 yeah. okay so i just watched that one and i was like this is awesome like i i really like this you know kind of stuff like you're not you know you're obviously not um going out here and like trying to like jump on some type of like trend or do some kind of like clickbaity thing you're just making something that you probably had a ton of fun making and like mm-hmm. you know i sat there and i smiled watching it because it was like this made me feel oh. good this is funny oh thanks man i really appreciate that yeah it was <laughs> it was a it was fun to make stuff like that and i want to do more like it uh, less shower sequences in the future <laughs> but you know um you know in that realm it's it's really fun to Steven experiment needs with to let the public know that he was wearing underwear in that shot yes everyone <laughs> could not get fully naked in front of the camera could not do it did you have, thanks for do watching you have a that. bunch really of people with that. you when you're um, shooting so that, for scene, that it was it my, my, my <clears throat> it was, <laughs> is it weirder if it was just me or if it were the other people there i actually can't tell it's it's uh, it is it's, weirder with other people but it's I think so. House, but so. it was my wife that yeah. was helping me film yeah. that oh, portion okay, yeah. so she actually she helped me film basically all of the like in home stuff because most of that was shot in my apartment um and in, in the building we live in and then eric helped me film the intro like montage sequence like while i'm on the phone and going through twitter and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah i was i was really happy with how it cut together in the end because it went from like an idea on a friday night to like fully shot by like the following monday and it was just fun to like do it really quickly and just get it out there so it was i had a blast with it yeah, yeah. no it's I, so cool because it seems like you guys you guys have like a, a nice little creative crew that you guys can create things together with which i think is just mm-hmm. it's just so fun and like that's that's awesome i'm honestly super jealous <laughs> we I, we get that sentiment a lot people are people are always like what's what's funny is a lot of people on on twitter will say like oh, I, I i wish i had that you guys are so lucky and recently i've just been like man we've really worked hard to to build that up though like to actually make it happen it's so not easy it's so not easy to find a place to rent to furnish that space to all be on the same page about things to <laughs> like, work with your close close friends yeah. also is it gets tough for sure for sure but, but i also yeah i also understand the sentiment from the outside and of people like man i just wish i yeah I wish I could have something like it's that. It's worth it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. It is just like, it's unbelievable. They're really, really fun and exciting things we're doing this year. Mm-hmm. Even stupid stuff like what he just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, like It's just fun. Well, but it gets the attention of different brands and potential mm-hmm. work in the future. And it's just crazy how how much the internet has become the wild, wild west in that sense. Yeah. And I know you for sure experienced that, seeing how some of your videos have completely popped off 
even one recently, I forget the title of it, but it was it was one of your more like documentary style focused one that has like nearly half a million views. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, the one with the amazing intro with mm-hmm. this. Oh, that dude, that video is incredible. <laughs> incredible. Uh, thank What's you kind of very your philosophy much. with approach on that stuff? Like how much are you trying to just make a video to make a video and trying or trying to balance basically what you just said of like, I just want to be free to make what I want. Do you feel obligated to make certain stuff? Like what is that dynamic like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I'd love to hear how you guys think about that too. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's like, I think it's um, basically balancing the fact that um, I think it's very challenging to only create for yourself because at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, um, especially something like YouTube, it's generally a place where people are going because they're looking for something. Like usually when people go Mm -hmm. onto YouTube, even just subconsciously in the back of their mind, like they're generally looking for something. Like I would say most people are probably there. Like it's a search engine, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, like the people who are extremely successful at it, I think they do a really good mix of creating things that people want to see but doing it in their own way so that um, Mm -hmm. it's it's something new that they haven't seen before. So I think that's kind of how I try and approach it. Like, I know that there's things that people are going to want to know about personal finance um, and there's things that I would love to share and and what I know about it. Um, But I always want to make sure that I am approaching those topics in my own way because otherwise i'm not going to a i'm not going to enjoy it i'm not going to be like passionate about it i'm not going to be fulfilled by it but also i honestly think it's going to just end up being better overall if it's something if it if i can approach it in a way where like i'm going to put kind of my creative juices into it i guess you could say so um Mm -hmm. with like the intro for that video um (laughs) A lot of the times I'll come up with like some idea that honestly, like after I come up with, after I write it down, I'll be like, this idea is so dumb. Like, it's so crazy. This is, (laughs) this is just crazy. Like, I don't think I should do this. And then I'll, and then I'll do it. And then especially once I have it like in like premiere and I'm looking at it again, I'm like, oh no, like, why did I do this? Like, I can't believe I've done this. I shouldn't have done this. And then I get really anxious about it. Like the whole intro to that video, I was like, I don't know if anyone's actually going to find this funny. Like it seemed way funnier in my head. And then I just like get so uptight and being like, oh my God. Okay. I'm just going to press like, I'm just going to press publish on this and walk away and just like hope it goes well. Essentially Mm -hmm. is usually how it goes when I make a video that I actually like put more, I guess, like creative effort into. I usually go mm-hmm. through that cycle of just like thinking it's the craziest, stupidest thing in the world. And then just being like, ah, oh, whatever, mm-hmm. let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Very happy you decided to press yep. publish on that because I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost feels like that's the tension that you have to feel in order to push the boundaries on stuff. Like you don't know how it's going to be perceived because it hasn't really been done. So you'd have, you don't really have much to compare it to. And yeah, sometimes those ideas just fall flat and it's like, yeah, what, whatever. Like mm-hmm. no one saw it. So who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, yeah. you know, but I feel like, um, 
when it really hits and it really happens and you make a connection, either in a either in a, a comical way, people are laughing at what you said, or they really walk away feeling impacted by something profound that you thought. Um, I agree with you that it's just so fulfilling to to see people resonate with stuff mm-hmm. and to experience that from afar, just complete strangers experiencing that. And you're like, it's it's mind blowing to me to get ideas and think of something and turn it into not necessarily a physical, tangible thing, but close to that in a way that literally impacts the trajectory of strangers' lives. Um, and I, I feel like you you experience that like far more than we even do when you talk about, especially with as deep as you think about philo- philosophically, like your approach to finance and what that means with freedom. Um, I was going to say, on that note, actually, also, I think it's really cool, going back to your point about doing or I guess communicating something in your own style, the way that you communicate, Steve, is much different than what maybe like the stereotypical finance YouTuber would. And I think that also has allowed you to access a lot more people that appreciate the artistic side of it. Like me, for example, where I like don't really care for that part of YouTube in its stereotypical form, but I love your videos and I learn from them and appreciate the artistic quality of them as well. And so it almost, I think you kind of like, like sneak into some people's lives that might not even care to learn about finance. They're just like, oh my gosh, like he makes beautiful videos, but then they also can benefit from it too. It's just like a totally different audience that you can access because you do it in your own way, like you said. Yeah, that, well, that's that's really cool to hear like that i i don't know it's it's always so i guess um kind of like you were saying eric like it's it's so abstract to think of like putting out this thing on the internet and then all these people see it who you will never ever see and then it might impact Mm -hmm. their lives and and you'll have no idea about it or or maybe they'll leave like a comment or whatever on your video and that's kind of how you Uh, determine what impact you're making but like having conversations like this it's really cool to like hear that from you because I don't know I think it just like affirms um kind of what I'm trying to do because I never know how things look from like an external perspective right like you never know you only know Mm -hmm. from like your own perspective so it's it's Mm -hmm. no that's really cool to hear because that I think that is kind of what I'm trying to like do like I I think I'm trying to like bridge a gap I guess you could say like I want Mm -hmm. people to know that um you know you don't you don't have to be like a a business bro or whatever to like be into learning about personal finance like you don't have to be that Mm -hmm. because I was never that like even though I did go you know I went to business school I did I did stuff like that I that was never what I guess like I identified with and actually pretty strongly against honestly (laughs) um so i just want other people to know that like well i was i guess i was hoping that there was other people out there like me and you know it looks Mm. like there is so that's great (laughs) there's 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 at least one yeah (laughs) well i think it's i think a lot of people who want to start an online presence or build an online brand like they just a lot of people just default to the stereotypical stuff without really thinking about the approach, philosophical approach. And that's ultimately the biggest reason why we started this podcast. And it is a manifestation of like 
actually talking to people who have directly impact, impacted us. Mm-hmm. Your whole concept of freedom and money, I'm just like, yeah, I've never really conceptualized it in that way. Um, like those words are tossed out in the finance space, but like really fleshing it out and figuring it out. Like finance YouTube for me as a whole, like drastically changed the trajectory of the things that I do mm-hmm. over the past like three years and has really set me up to have a whole lot more creative freedom in my life. Like so much so that this year I'm making my first, like it's probably gonna be feature length documentary and we're like all going to be involved in it and it's just going to be insane it'll Um, definitely be feature length yeah (laughs) yeah um and it wouldn't be possible had i not made the kind of financial moves i did in the past two years um and a lot of that was like it really started with i I found andre jick like in Mm -hmm. i think it was Mm -hmm. right before 2020 happened and then because of that algorithmically like your channel got suggested and Graham and like all the finance people um but in particular like i i just feel so much more comfortable talking to someone like you because of the the crossover and caring so much more about like filmmaking in the way that i really care about it like honestly i look at someone like andre and he is incredibly talented in the way he edits and shoots it's just not the same kind of style and while you can appreciate that, there's just a different kind of appreciation for someone where it's like, oh no, I could just tell by aesthetic and what you share that we share a lot of the same philosophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think that I think that makes total sense. And I think it, it's it's really cool that there's um, you know, a multitude of different perspectives in a lot of the different like spaces on on YouTube because then um it provides like a great variety that then everyone can kind of gravitate to whoever they I guess feel more drawn to and that's awesome like I don't think you'd ever want there to be just like one ringleader who is like the end all be all of like a particular <laughs> subject matter or whatever um but yeah no like kind of like I said earlier like uh, <laughs> the like the whole um I guess like the the reason I even got into like personal finance and stuff like that in the first place was more out of like necessity than it was out of anything else, right? Like the whole reason I even, because um, I kind of originally started my channel, like some of the earliest videos that gained traction was me talking about like saving all this money so that I could quit my job and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's why I did it. Like I did it so I could quit that job and now and now do this essentially like it's, I really do yeah just see like money as that as that tool it's definitely not the destination it's just kind of like the mm-hmm. I guess part of the car you're in to get there if that makes sense and, and it sounds like yeah you guys kind of are, are looking at it that way too like um that that documentary sounds really really cool that like that's something that I would also be interested in doing something like that one day mm-hmm. um and I'd, I'd honestly like to ask you guys like how you, um, I guess, balance like, um, I guess I find like posting to social media can be like a little bit, it has a lot of constraints with it, right? Like Eric, you did that video about like reels and, and stuff like that and how, um, you know, a trend will come along and then a lot of people kind of just like copy that trend, their own variation of it and stuff like that. But um, stuff like longer form things really appeal to me 
but it's difficult to think of like how does this fit into what I'm currently doing or like how do I mm-hmm. how do I earn any like money off of doing this type of thing like it's so much different than posting like a 10 to 15 minute video to YouTube right um so how do you think about like navigating those almost two separate worlds it seems like great phenomenal question it's yeah. all the things we're figuring out right now um, <laughs> so again again if it's all tied in like my my path of figuring out my finances and where we were going as a family like what i was going to be doing with our real estate how i was going to be investing my money that i was making you know i'm making us um a six-figure income doing wedding photography and filmmaking and then youtube started popping off more so then i started leveraging that to get more into education and that's ultimately which just has given me so much freedom leading into this year where i barely rely on the income of shooting weddings anymore and what's been really cool is seeing i don't know if you know danny gavertz he's another filmmaker on youtube yeah his stuff's Um, great so he's doing he's doing a feature uh film this year he's shooting it in july and he's crowdsourcing all of the money to make that happen Funny enough, we're shooting Danny's wedding in September. Yeah, um, so we just had an hour long call with him the other day where he just he poured out all of his heart behind like the desire to make this thing. And he's also someone that's just like, I don't care. I just you could he wears it on his sleeves. Like, I don't care about making money. That's not the goal of this. Like, mm-hmm. I just care so much more about making this thing that's lived in my head for so long and writing like a 120 page script. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see him approach this new world that most YouTube filmmakers aren't willing to approach in like feature length anything or like actually making a movie. So it's always been a dream of mine, similar to what you said in like the past three to four years, I've always had an idea in my head of shooting some kind of running documentary because I love running as well. I run marathons and I I follow a guy named Seth James Damore. He's a really big um, like trail runner and marathon runner based out of Colorado. And he does a daily vlog every single day. I'm like, it'd be super interesting to do something on him. But through the um, the connections of running a race last year, I don't even, am I even allowed to say it? <laughs> Yet. It depends on when you're going to make the announcement video. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep it hush right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna it's on another runner, but it's like a completely different it's a completely different vibe. It's he's just completely not completely different angle on what a running documentary would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. he's attempting a certain time in a marathon, but he's also an artist, so it's going to be tying a lot of metaphors from running into the life of being an artist. Mm-hmm. And um so now we're trying to figure out okay, how do we fund this? And I'm in the same place. We literally just had a two hour long conversation today about how <laughs> like we're, we're just trying to get funding for this, but I personally don't care to make any money off of it because it's just like, I've dreamed of making this thing for so long and I've desired to make something longer form where I can really flex the muscle of telling a story that's longer than 15 minutes or longer than six minutes at that, like a wedding film is. And like weave so many narrative narratives in and out. And it feels like a documentary is a really good way to dip my toes into that because I'm not responsible for writing the story. I just have to like be present and available and then like figure out how to tell it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that being said, we're going to be pitching a brand. I'm literally doing it tomorrow. 
Um, and I, the angle there is just so much of, of what I said is just kind of pouring my heart out into it and letting them know, like, I'm not in this for profit. And I know it's going to be like mutually beneficial in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And here are all the reasons why it would be a good investment for you. Which is a very similar attitude that we started rally caps with right. as well. Going back to like the, the longer form content part of your question, like money was never really the driving factor when we started this. It was like, Hey, we just, we like, we like talking. We have a lot of people that we'd like to talk to. It'd be really fun to do a little show and, and have people come on and, and find a way to, especially kind of coming out of 2020 into 2021, we just had a ringer of a year. Let's talk to people, like listen to how they gritted through all of that, how they threw on their rally caps in different moments mm -hmm. and really like just powered through um, in an attempt to hopefully just communicate that advice to a larger audience of people and, and inspire younger artists to uh, maybe grit through some of those tougher moments at the beginning of their businesses as well. Um, and I think the truth is it's really hard to make money off of any passion project at the beginning. You know, that's just really, it's really tough. So it was helpful to not have that as a really motivating factor from the start and just really do it from a place of passion. And now we are at a place where it is starting to get a little bit easier to be able to pitch brands and get sponsors and very, very, very slowly make this uh, even a little bit profitable, which is really not. It's just, we just do it for fun because we love to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's like really where we come from as far as like the longer form content of rally caps specifically is concerned. Um, we yeah, no, that, that's and, and super cool. Um, I guess you, Eric, you kind of got a little bit of practice for your, your brand pitch tomorrow there with, uh, with that whole yeah, little description exactly. of it. So, so hopefully you can be sharp for it. I really hope that that, that works out for you because I really hope that you can do something like that because uh, I, I know what it's like to have um, something inside of you that you just feel like it, it has to come out. Like it, it just has mm -hmm. to. Like, yeah, I don't care if this thing makes me money. I don't care whatever, whatever about it. It's just like this thing that I can see so clearly inside my head that I like need to put it out onto something. Um, mm -hmm. that like, that's, I love, I love that feeling. And I, that's, I think that's one of the, the challenges I think with like being for me, just like fully on YouTube right now is making sure that like, that I guess kind of like flame stays alive so that those things keep coming for me. Cause I think about like um, some of the videos I made last year or I think even in the fall of this year are some of the ones that I'm probably most proud of because I had that feeling about them. Like it was just this, like I could see the whole thing in my head like a movie. It did look mm -hmm. way better in my head than when I actually made it. And <laughs> it wasn't quite up, it wasn't quite up to how good it looked inside my head, but you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just like felt like I needed to create those things and I, it's really important for me to be able to like keep that alive. So, um, hmm. yeah, I think like it could be cool to explore other, other mediums eventually one day, like making longer form things and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's really important or else, um, I think like, I don't know, I always worry like what if my my creativity I guess like what if it's something that needs to be sharpened and if you don't sharpen it enough then it just like becomes dull over time like that's that's my fear mm. that um like I'm not gonna mm. 
I'm not going to name any specific names or anything, but you do, I think, see a lot of people who have been on like just YouTube and they're there for like mm. three, four, five, six, seven years um, and they've been really successful at it. But then they reach a point where it's almost like they're not doing anything new anymore. It's kind of just like the mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. recycled. And I just really don't want to be that. Like I just want to always yeah. be able to keep, um, I guess, reinventing myself and keep keep growing. Like that's that's like my greatest fear almost. Mm. Same. Yep. Yep. Do, do you, I mean, do you see yourself? This is so everybody asks me this question all the time. They're like, do you always see yourself shooting weddings indefinitely? And I'm like, I don't know. Like if I want to, sure. I love shooting weddings, but I'm not going to say yes, because I don't know who I'm going to be five years from now. Mm-hmm. And I might find something I'm like so much, so much more passionate about. And I'm, I'm already starting to feel that turn a bit. Like I'm still not abandoning shooting what I shoot shot, like as my roots, uh, like I still am shooting weddings, but like there's all these other options now of things I've always dreamed of. Like as a kid, I always wanted to make a movie and I just can't eat. I just don't even understand that that's a, that's a reality. Like that that's actually happening this year. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, whether it's in the format that I thought it was or not, I'm actually more happy that it's not really the format that I thought it was going to be, that it's not like a typical set with a crew and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but it's, more me and my friends in a run and gun situation filming a topic that I adore, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so like, do you see all that to say, do you see yourself doing finance indefinitely? Or is that always going to be some sort of thread in your creativity? Um, like what are your thoughts on, on that whole realm? That's kind of like the, it's kind of like my existential, all my existential <laughs> angst comes from that single question, basically. <laughs> it like it like plagues my consciousness all the time. Um, so uh, yeah, I think about it a lot. Um, yeah, I think the answer is like it's it's yes. I I think I will um, always talk about financial stuff. But I plan to talk about like a lot of other stuff too. But I think the reason why um, finance will always be there is because another interesting thing about like finance, besides from like the freedom thing, is that it's extremely informative of how the entire world works and where the Mm. world is going. Like if you ever want to, like for example, when um, the coronavirus started, to get like a good gauge of how serious something actually is or what um, I guess some of the like um, most serious minds in the world think about a particular topic, just watch how financial markets react to things. Because when people's money is on the line, you know they're going to be taking things like, they're gonna be thinking very, very seriously about the consequences of, of an event taking place. So Mm -hmm. it's a really good area to like understand and understand how it moves because it it can be very informative of what the future might look like, even like everywhere from short term to long term. So I think that's an aspect of of it that I'm really fascinated by and really interested in because it's a lot of kind of human psychology and decision making more than it is just about like 
digits and math and all this stuff that's you know not mm. really that interesting it's more why it matters um i think is the most interesting thing so like i'll always be observing that stuff just to help me understand what kind of decisions i should make in my life but um mm. yeah like from like a kind of i guess that's more of like a macroeconomic view it's like extremely interesting what you can learn from that type of stuff so I think in that regard, like I'll always be interested in that stuff in particular. Um, and I also think there's there's a lot of good you can do um, for society by understanding how money works. Like, I'm not going to say I'm ever going to try and go into like public office or something crazy like that. But like you like, I think there's there's a lot you can do by knowing how to like fund the right initiatives and um, just stuff like that from like a capital allocation standpoint. Um, I think there's a lot of good you can do for the world in that way. So um, I think that's an area of interest that I'll definitely kind of gravitate more towards in the future. So yeah, I think finance will always be there, but like I, I, I'm not and I don't want to be like a finance guy. I don't want to put mm. myself in that box. If mm. that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, also, for the record, uh, if you ever go into public office, we would absolutely vote for you. <laughs> and we'd have to mail our <laughs> ballots in because we're American. Yeah, we'll change our citizenship. That's how it works. We'll I get think. dual but citizenship. Yeah, we'd absolutely <laughs> vote for you. Oh, thank you. Maybe we can run our, our campaign <laughs> together or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna join canada and the u.s yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can do it the three of us um i actually i want to ask steve like legitimately you've you've it, it's so hard to transition out of a stupid joke <laughs> sorry, like that um uh <laughs> you i like even just listening back to the response you just gave and a lot of the answers you've given so far to our questions and like the pace at which you talk and the way you consider the answers that you're giving you just seem like the most like like very wise and grounded and like very philosophical person. Is that just like a like a, a natural state of being for you? Is that something you've uh, kind of strived to be and like you've learned through like different books that you've read or anything like that? Or is that just like I, I don't know? It's like it's very apparent to me, and it's like honestly like very very calming also to mm -hmm. listen to. That's so funny to hear. It's again, it's like a, I guess that thing where it's like. You never know who who you actually are, I guess, from like that external perspective, right? So it's just it's always so funny for me to just like hear things about myself. But I guess I'm I'm pretty happy with that description. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like it's it's definitely a combination of things. Like, um, I've I had like a pretty big turning point uh, when I was younger where I just got really interested in what the hell is going on in terms of like, what, what is life? Like what, 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 what the heck mm. is all of this stuff? Um, like, why are we here? What, what, it, what is everything? Um, so I just like, I guess you could say began like a crazy quest essentially of just like trying to like, you know, figure that stuff out by like reading, um, a ton of different like 
sources of material, everything from like Western spirituality to Eastern spirituality, trying like different various practices essentially within those with um, meditation being probably one of like the the common threads throughout a lot of them. Like there's, you know, various forms of meditation, but meditation is the, the main form of practice for a lot of things. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, philosophy in general, um, reading a lot of, uh, yeah, just reading, I would say a ton for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, because like at the end of the day, like I would say a question that bothers me even more than like, am I just going to do finance stuff forever is yeah. Like what, <laughs> you know, what is, what's kind of the, the reason for all this stuff? Like what is the, the meaning for, what is the meaning of life essentially? Um, is just something mm-hmm. that like, I can't shake or just like put in the back of my mind and just like go about my life and be like, Oh, well, I don't know. Um, I just feel like I want to know more about that. And you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to fully figure that out, <laughs> but like, I'd like to, I don't know, figure some stuff out if I can at least. And yeah. I think like a lot of those, uh, things I've read or like the practices I've, I've done have definitely, um, led me in like a direction that I feel is at least like on some type of path, I guess you could say, if that makes sense. And, um, honestly, like the, the biggest reason for wanting to have like that freedom from financial matters is so that I can devote a lot of time to this. Like that's, Mm. that's, that's really the, honestly, like the biggest reason. Um, if, if like money didn't exist and money didn't matter, like that's what I would spend most of my time on, I think, honestly. Wow. Do you have, um, like, first of all, loved that. Um, <laughs> do you have like, uh, like off top of your head, first thing that comes to mind, like book recommendation of, of any of those books that you just mentioned? Yeah, I think, well, it depends like where you're, uh, where you're coming from. If you're just like, um, coming from like you're looking to get your your toes wet a little bit you're coming without like a a lot of i guess like prior knowledge or experience and stuff like that um man that's tough i think a really interesting one that has um very interesting stories um some are pretty like fantastical so you do have to read it with like a um you know like you can believe whatever you want from it, but um, I think it's best read with like a pretty open mind. Um, and also this was the book that uh, like Steve Jobs apparently read this book every single year. Like it was one of his favorites as well. Um, it's called Autobiography of a Yogi. And it was written by um, essentially this this yogi who, um, well, yeah, it's an, it's an autobiography. So he, he wrote it about his kind of life story, essentially learning this particular form of yoga and then kind of like bringing uh, the knowledge of yoga to the West. Actually, he was one of the, the biggest mm. figures for actually doing that. Um, but I think it's like a really great introductory um, book to, I think, get exposed to those types of ideas. So that's probably one of the first ones I would, recommend people read i think but i'd have to think more about that 
a fitting answer. I yeah. Like that. <laughs> I'm unfortunately the person who doesn't read in this room, so. But now you have now you have a recommendation. Yeah. 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 I'll probably yeah. read three pages of it and then never touch it again. <laughs> do you do like audiobooks at all or no? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, I, that's a great place to start, audiobooks. Yeah. I, there might be a documentary as well. Um, but the thing is like, um, cause I, I wouldn't say like I've read much, um, stuff that's been published like currently. Cause, um, at least what I've found is if you really want to explore this type of stuff, you got to go back. Like you got to go old. Mm. Um, an autobiography of a yogi's not even that old. I think that was like seventies. I want to say maybe, um, but you know, if you want to read like actual source material, like the, um, you know, like the Bhavad Gita or the Upanishads, that stuff's written like kind of, they don't even exactly know how old like the Upanishads are because that was essentially what is thought to be, um, basically like a, a teacher to student type of communication that was later written down. Um, so mm, that okay. stuff could be dated like, you know, extremely old, like 10,000 years old, something like that. We don't even really know. Um, but I think like the older stuff, when it's still kind of contained, it's like core essence of like the message um, is best to explore as opposed to um, derivative works today, because, mm. um, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I think like there's a lot of like, I don't think people really know. And then they just write a bunch of like derivative works about it. And then it gets all to be like really new agey and just like everyone's grasping at all these straws that make no sense. Um, so I think it's always best to just go to the source and see what like that actually mm -hmm. said. And then, you know, do your own study from that, if that makes sense. Totally. I've never gone this deep with any guests. <laughs> 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 It's just such a... I love it, though. I think it's so interesting. <laughs> it is. I like. Um, it's it's definitely a world that I'm not involved in. Yeah. And Stephen's always trying to get me to read more. And I, in an ideal world, I would. Audiobooks count. Sure. You, you got to commute in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. listening to a podcast. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. Not many, but yeah. Yeah. He just listens to hours on repeat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's really why I made a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what's crazy is I, I, I have a crazy idea that, I mean, what, really what's the difference between an audio book and a video essay on YouTube and... For me, as an as a learner growing up, I just sucked at reading comprehension mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. I was so like I was a gifted student in math and even English, but reading comprehension was just my Achilles heel. And I noticed that as well. Like when I'm watching films, mm -hmm. it's really really hard for me to latch on to a storyline. Mm. And so I'm even interested in in what I create myself on something long form. If I just like if I'm going to move more towards spoon feeding an audience, what the story is or making it more complex in my own way. Yep. I just don't know. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I know I would stand to benefit so much from reading. I had a stint when I was a classroom teacher where I was actually reading at least a book a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really did enjoy it. It was fiction. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really don't know how much I could get into nonfiction. That's fair. I mean, I, I, similarly, I don't really, I listen to nonfiction mm-hmm. and I read fiction mm-hmm. because I find it a little bit easier to stick with the author of nonfiction with whatever concept they're talking about if I'm listening to it. I don't know why, but I think it's it's also fair that a lot of maybe the most popular nonfiction books like within that self-help or business development can be a little repetitive. And I find it's easier to deal with the repetitiveness when I'm listening to it rather than like forcing myself to just sit down and read it. But I just love reading fiction for the entertainment of it. It's mm-hmm. honestly like just as good as watching a good movie for me because I just get so immersed in that world. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's a really great way, almost actually back to your point earlier, Steve, about like not wanting to lose your creative edge. I think it's great to have just like little hobbies like that that can like almost diversify your creativity and like just the way that you take in different um influences and like source material um so like reading fiction is one of my favorite ways to just get inspired and then nonfiction, like listening to those audiobooks is a great way to almost like hone some of that stuff in a more practical like business sense yeah yeah that makes a ton of sense um i'm i'm the same way with like fiction stuff it's it's like when you start reading it it's just like a, a movie plays in your head essentially but yeah. i'm also like a really big believer in um like leaning into the type of learning that that works for you like I think it's really dumb that we try and force you know every kid in school to to have to read if that's just not the way they learn like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah, what does yeah that so look for don't that's don't like word for word what I said when that we is that, yeah, conversation. that is true yeah, yeah d- I was a special ed teacher so like I feel that even strong more strongly it's like so many of my kids struggled with the actual act of reading. And so it was like, how can you adapt and how can you figure out how to get the information into their brain in a different way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you find, do you find you're more of like a hands-on learner or what, what's the best way that like you like to, you know, figure out something new? I'm a, I'm incredibly stubborn and I'm, I am self-motivated. Like whatever I want to learn, I will seek it out. And then I go trial and error and fail and fail and fail until I get it right. And so it's just a slog and it's not productive at all. So I don't know if it's good or bad. (laughs) I don't know. Listen back to your answer that you just gave. (laughs) What the crazy thing is to have enough self-awareness for me to realize like I have a successful career. I know I do. And so I'm like, it's, it is an existential crisis for me being like, I do always want to improve myself in the way I learn continually. Cause I know the way I do it is not efficient. And yet like, I'm still able to be successful in the things that I try. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm just lucky or I have a knack for certain things that I, I just lean on more. Yeah. Um, I think it's more the latter there. Yeah. Everyone has strengths and everyone can improve their weaknesses. But I, I do think that I, I do think that it's a lot of my life has been stubbornly giving myself creative limitations. Like I have the access to the internet to learn the stuff, but I like stubbornly refuse to learn it. And so a lot of times I find myself when I'm editing a film or editing something, like I won't take the time to listen to a 10 minute tutorial on how to do that thing. And I'll figure out a workaround. And then all of a sudden that thing is just something people don't do. And I'm like, Oh, that's different and cool. And I like it. 
And I feel like that's really similar to like Casey Neistat, like that whole vibe, like yes. handwritten stuff, like really tactile. Um, I, I really resonate with him on a lot of that stuff. Yep. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that um, also that stubbornness that you have too is something that's like, that's so valuable as well. Like just actually being able to, you know, slog through something because a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people don't have that necessarily. And it's like very hard to ingrain in yourself. So, I mean, even something like that is extremely valuable. I appreciate that. This is turning into a therapy session for me, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. I can't believe how much, like how valuable it is for you. Like, I really appreciate that you're asking us questions too. And the dialogue is like so rich in this episode. Um, yeah, I, I've been having to, to deal with a, a lot of that recently. And I did go through therapy. I've been doing it for, for months now. It's been highly beneficial to me, just like, especially relationally, all the closest people around me and navigating all that in the healthiest way for me. But I finally feel like I'm at a place in my career as a filmmaker and a, a visual artist where I know the majority of stuff now, where sure there's an endless amount of things you can learn gear and nuance of lights and whatever but as far as like core knowledge of this thing mm -hmm. it's taken me a decade mm -hmm. but i'm finally at a place now where i'm like okay anytime anybody talks on this subject i at least know what they're talking about mm -hmm. and that has given me so much confidence to then approach more nuanced things in the space and I don't regret it, honestly. I'm just like, yeah, I'm much really happy to be at this place now. And I don't know if like if I would have had these feelings five years ago before I was financially capable of like pursuing some of these things, I might have like destroyed myself financially and then been in like the starving artist situation where I couldn't get anything done. And that piece about what you say about stubbornness is and I hear this so from so many people on um comments on videos and dms of just being like yeah i made something but i like i just got stuck at this one point and i just couldn't finish it because they have it in their mind that it needs to be done a certain way and they don't try to pivot out of that and just make it their own or just make it imperfect in some way and then it's crippling and then it just never gets made and so i do think that's why like a project i had in high school all of my edit on the computer on Windows Movie Maker just froze and I literally could not export it. Like the computer would not let me. So I set up my parents' uh, camcorder and I filmed the computer playing it back. And then I burned it, I put it on a VHS tape and that's how I shared it with the class. And it was like, I made this thing. I'm going to show it to them. And it was like really crappy quality, but it like, it still at least conveyed the message that I made, you know. It's better than no video at all. Right. Yeah. I feel like that right there just like is like the perfect representation of that like stubbornness yeah. that you have like yes and and yeah. it, isn't that isn't it cool to just I don't know like how you just said like now you're, you're more confident because you know all this stuff um isn't it cool that you I don't know I feel like you should you should feel like you also earn that because of you you mm -hmm. know being stubborn and perse persevering through things like that confidence that you have because of these skills you now have, like you worked for those and you achieved those, um, mm -hmm. I think is really important. Um, Cause it, it kind of reminds me of when I was, I was younger, like kind of going back to the, the beginning of the conversation talking about hockey. Um, 
for whatever reason it was like and I'm not saying this to like sound sick or anything but like I was really good at hockey as a kid like super Dude, good for tell. some reason uh, I don't I like I don't know why but the league literally had to put in a rule where um they put in a goal limit because I was scoring too many goals. So like if you were a, if you were one player, <laughs> you could only score three goals in a game and then you, you weren't allowed to score anymore. So I ha- I would like get to the other end with, with the puck and then wait for like another kid to come and then pass it to them. Cause I'm like, I can't score any more goals. Um, but here's the thing. So because I didn't have to work for that, like I just was that good for some reason when I was really young. Um, other kids, started getting better than me and the reason those other kids started getting better than me was because they were spending their time off the ice like practicing shooting the puck doing all these things that i wasn't doing because i didn't i felt like i didn't need to and and to be fair i was also really young and like i wasn't even sure if i liked hockey that much even though i was pretty good at it so i wasn't like you know practicing all the time or anything and then those kids surpassed me and then they got better than me um so then like looking back on that now I realized that like that was actually a really good life lesson that you know if you mm-hmm. are naturally good at something or if you do get good at something like you never want to feel complacent you never want to lo- lose that like um I guess like grit inside of you if you want to maintain like being really good at that thing you got to you got to mm-hmm. keep doing it or else other people will who who, who do have that they'll pass you Mhm Yep Yeah Yep yeah. I've been feeling that way about photography recently, honestly. It's like I had a natural gift towards it and now I'm just seeing all the work everybody else is creating. And it's just something I've kind of been putting on the back burner. Like I haven't really been pursuing any kind of portfolio, haven't been shooting all that much personal work. Mm. And I know I can make like decent images, but I'm just watching people like do crazy things and I'm like, yeah, I don't I wouldn't have thought, <laughs> thought of that. Or people that are carrying their camera every single day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're putting in the reps. And that's it's really similar to marathon training and it, oh, just yes. a daily show up. You don't have to kill yourself on every single workout, but mm-hmm. just a consistent, easy run every day will get you to a place that's like you will kill your race time if you do that. Yes. And destroy your PR. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where competition can have a really healthy place mm-hmm. within all of this is like if you do have that grit inside of you seeing someone else improve is like, Ooh, I, I want to do it's like, Ooh, eke out like that extra 1% and like be able to compete a little bit better or whatever it is. Like even, even in, I think in more of a less, less, um, it's still a kind of competition, but not for the sake of beating out your friends, but like almost like an accountability where mm-hmm. we're all working in a studio together and you see other people excelling at the thing that they're doing. You're like, Oh, you know what? I, I should not watch an hour of Netflix and I should pick up my camera and go on a walk mm-hmm. instead or, you know, go outside and, and draw for an hour and get better at illustration or whatever your gift is. Um, I think in that way, it's like, it's like a healthy competition just to like keep yourself accountable to slipping into that complacency that you mentioned to Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. But then there's also the other side of it where um, I think giving yourself that space can also be healthy right too where i think mm-hmm. there's like the healthy side to competition and there's also that that unhealthy yep. side where um mm-hmm. like i'd love to know i'd love to hear how you guys think about taking breaks 
because that's that's one of the things that I've found to be pretty challenging like doing this type of thing is it can feel very like hamster wheelie where if you put yourself on like a, a weekly schedule or like twice a week schedule or whatever schedule like you have for your your uploads it's like you're on this thing that never stops and if you mm-hmm. and and you think if i get off this for even like a week or two weeks or however long like it's all gonna just the, the whole wheel is gonna break and everything's gonna fall apart um i'd love to know how you guys think about that you very strong thoughts about it yeah i'm i am yeah, where do we? I feel like we kind of fall on opposite ends of that spectrum. Yeah, you're navigating yeah. it for sure. I yeah. have, I developed very early on. I was like, I'm. I saw friends do the, we upload every Monday or we upload every time at this time a week, and I just looked at it. I'm like, I've I've zero desire to keep myself in that box because in that stubbornness for myself, like, I never want to be confined to that. Uh, rhythm mm-hmm. because it crushes my creativity. Mm-hmm. So there have obviously been seasons and like on a macro sense, I never let my channel go so long that I like never post anything. Yeah. But I remember in 2019, I had so many weddings to edit that I literally didn't post to my channel for four months. And I just posted like once a month, the wedding film that like I made that month and that was it. And then I made a passive income video where I just just described like how my business has become so diversified. And I use this model that I typically do. I don't know. I just found this recipe on YouTube where it was like, if I create a story that has a hook, really good hook in the beginning, a ton of really valuable info in the middle. And I end with a like a really emotional, heartfelt challenge at the end, like hook info heart is that model. Then videos just do very, very well. And people really resonate with them. Because I think from a superficial standpoint, so many people aren't expecting that last part. They're just expecting a lot of information. And so like really hooking their attention, giving them the info that came for and sending them off with like in tears. It was like, I wasn't really able to figure out that model without the time and space to just be like, no, don't make anything for a while. And I've been in a season like that recently too, where I've been posting maybe once or twice a month, Mm -hmm. but each thing I've been posting, I've been like, it's been really thought out, really planned, really organized. And it feels like a lot of people are responding much, much stronger to that than just a rhythm of here are the five tips for this topic Mm -hmm. every week. Yep. I I think I'm going to get this quote wrong, but Rachel Galata said it in the third episode of rally caps mm-hmm. ever that humans have never uh, been expected to create this much this fast this this often uh and i think that's that's unbelievably profound even a year and a half later from when she first said that like that still sticks with me to this day mm-hmm. is that there's an unrealistic pressure to keep up with stuff because we've we've just never experienced something like this right now where there's the schedules and the creation of content and iterating like on, on that hamster wheel that you're talking about, mm-hmm. Steve, it's just like, it feels exhausting. So I think, I think there's a time and place for busy seasons and consistency and, and really hitting the grindstone to build something up from scratch. I think there's absolutely time for taking it easy and giving yourself a break and being kind to yourself and making sure you're okay as, as a person and as an artist. So 
yeah, I, I feel like everything we've talked about is like, yeah, there's two sides to it. Yeah. Like two sides to the coin. It's uh, always balance. Yeah. 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 But it, uh, what's super interesting, um, I just did a full on Michael Scott. I started a sentence and didn't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in my head. Um, it'll come back to me. Anyway. Dang That's it. okay. I can, I, I can, I can, I can, I can fill in with something for now. Um, I just, <laughs> I thought I was going to get it on the way and it didn't happen. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> now I'm making sure that I have it too. <laughs> oh no, it's contagious. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, I, I, got, got, I got it. Oh, so, okay. You go. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> okay. I'll say mine first. Okay. So, um, I've been talking because other people in the studio right now are building YouTube channels themselves. And I, from experience, I learned that um, seasons of me trying to be consistent ended up being like me making a bunch of stuff that didn't resonate a whole lot with, with anybody. But I realized I, I did like, um, uh, I, I did a deep dive on my channel and saw that the first videos that really popped off on my channel were ones that I made pretty infrequently and were jam packed with a ton of value and humor. And it made me realize that I think, especially on a platform like YouTube, my brain is always like the, the mantra of my channel has always been lean into what makes you different. And so like, I'm always trying to think in terms of what, what can I do to just kind of like say, screw you to the platform and like do it in a way that nobody else does. Cause you watch any kind of how to build a YouTube channel tutorial and they're all like, you got to post this many times. You have to be this consistent, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I just want to vomit. <laughs> because what the drum that I've been trying to beat with other people in the studio building their channels is like, how can we sit back, be consistent uh, in a way that's healthy for us, but like have enough time to sit down and brainstorm. And even like yesterday, we all sat down mm -hmm. and... Steven was going to like pursue another video idea, but we like fleshed out another one that was just across the table. Everybody was like, that is so much better. And if we do it this way, that will be a much better use of your time right now. And we've had case studies of videos like that perform much better. Like you have a reach be 10 times the amount of what it would have been if you just like churned out three quick videos. Um, so it's same amount of work over time but even more efficient, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. You can argue if that's like, if that even matters just cause that's analytics and views and whatever. But if you're playing that kind of game and like the game is to grow the channel to then have the freedom to do what you want later. <laughs> like I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm always mm -hmm. like, it's okay to grow a channel because that could mean money and money isn't necessarily bad because if you use that money to do the stuff you want or to provide for other people, provide jobs for other people, like, that's a beautiful and awesome thing. So, Even though money's not real. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like you, you guys are speaking my language for sure. Like I think, especially the part where you said F you to the platform, like that's, that's mm -hmm. definitely speaking my language. Cause I don't know, like, and I also like what you said about um, seasons. Cause that's how I think about it too. Like, I think there's a seasonality to um, this type of, this line of work, I guess you could say, at least for like the way I feel it. And it seems like the way you guys feel that way too. Um, I know some people can just be like, you know, three times a week, no breaks and just like, boom, 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 boom,
that's that's not me that's definitely mm-hmm. that's very anti me like i think there's a time to create and then there's a time to shut up and then consume other things to you know mm-hmm. learn and think and figure out and plan but um mm-hmm. it's so it's so challenging to to give yourself that um space i think because I, I always have like this irrational i guess it's probably irrational feeling that like everything's going to fall apart if i do take um time to do that even though like last year i took i think the entire month of september off from posting mm. if i'm remembering correctly and i was terrified i was really terrified to do mm-hmm. that but i had just gotten to a point where like i really needed to do it um yeah and obviously like it nothing fell apart like it was fine things were slower absolutely <laughs> but like they you know it comes back um mm-hmm. so i think i guess that like kind of confirmed it a little bit that like it's totally okay to take those breaks and to give yourself that time to like yeah reorient refigure out exactly um what the next thing is you want to what you want to do that's going to be um you know not just following yeah like that trend like I guess putting yourself in a space where um, how I think you've talked about before where you're almost like bored and there's there's mm-hmm. you just allow that internal stuff to bubble up for you that then you can use to create. But if you're constantly creating, then sometimes I don't I don't like, you know, see those things in my mind or, or hear those things in my head, those ideas. They're just not there because I'm constantly just focused on the next thing I got to put out, the next thing I got to put out that I there's no room for that new stuff to come through, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just keep giving and giving and giving and you don't take time to like fill yourself up, you're just going to be like grasping for nothing at a certain point. And then that's going to show in whatever you are creating. And it won't really come from a genuine place of where it could have come if you were like rested and you were taken care of and you actually felt good about whatever it is that you were making and life something that was really fun sorry <laughs> yeah no, go something ahead really fun that happened recently i made that video of like you don't need to make instagram reels that was just again an overflow of what i was feeling at that time and i was like i just need to say this i just need to make something i need to say it doesn't have to be like a full-on production let's just run around the studio a bunch of like fun angles and like do the thing and we just collaborated on it real quick and Definitely for me, I don't know how much for you, but last year Inside by Bo Burnham just like absolutely floored me and just made me stop and think about everything that I'm doing and how I could do it better um, and more intentional. And it was so weird. Multiple comments on that video said this this has like some serious Bo Burnham <laughs> energy, like some serious like inside energy. And I was like, because we had a deleted, like we had a clip that I didn't include in the video where I'm singing content by Bo Burnham at the end of the video. Like I'm, I'm literally, (laughs) look, I made you some content. (laughs) And like, it was just this crazy, like that stuff bleeds through and people recognize it, that kind of inspiration, whether you're, it's on the forefront of your brain or not. Mm -hmm. And then so many people resonated with that message and I did not think it was like that many people were going to respond to it the way mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. That's a great example right there. Cause I, 
I felt the exact same way. Like after I watched that, I was really close to buying like a spotlight modifier for my for my light because I was like, <laughs> I love that. Now I want to like play around with that too. Like I yeah. was really close to doing it. I didn't end up doing it, but yeah. I really wanted to. Because um, yeah, like that's a perfect example of somebody who just like who like there. I think there's leaders and then there's followers, and both can be successful. But like, man, he's a leader. Like the stuff that he does is like, wow, that's that's incredible. And you know that that's somebody who just like totally takes that time to really think through like a project and then just yeah. create something like incredible. So inspiring. I think that. And then um, I recently finished finished watching all like the the genius documentary episodes mm. uh, from uh, from Kanye, and like that too was was so interesting to see like a a 20 year long thing done by this guy cootie who just like committed to making this project happen like that too is like wow that's that's really cool as well so and like that's the stuff that that's the type of stuff that really gets me fired up and, and inspires me um and i just hope that like you know that i can also kind of put that same um i guess like creativity in, into my own work but yeah i think that's only possible by giving yourself that time as hard as it is and one other thing i'll say too is like um coming from i've never been in a creative like field for work uh until basically like two years ago like i was every job i've had in my life was either very like it was like corporate or it was um you know, just like a standard job where there's like a shift, you clock in, you do the thing. Um, and you know, you look at somebody in like a, or you look at me when I was in my corporate job and you work every single day of the week and then you have your weekends off and like that's seen as normal. And like, you know, I generally didn't feel like I needed a break from that. Like I could go in, you know, every day, do my job, not a problem, but it's so different. I think doing something that's like very creatively intensive like it's just not something you can show up to every day and just like produce results like you can punching data entry into like on a keyboard right like it's to me that transition was like two completely different worlds and it's been very strange for me to figure out like that hey listen it's not the same Steve like don't don't break your back like trying to do this stuff that that's um, in, in a completely different world. Um, yeah. It's so hard to communicate that to a spouse sometimes because they'll <laughs> walk into your office and you're watching YouTube and it's like, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? And you're yeah. like, I'm studying. I'm literally studying and it looks like I'm just messing around. I'm working right now. Or like the example you gave the other day when I was finishing that meme video that you, you saw earlier, Steve, I was finishing the voiceover for that in this room that we're recording right now. And Eric walked in and I was recording the night, babe, like saying good night to the bag and like whispering night, that babe, like to this microphone right here. And Eric is like, what are you doing? <laughs> And I'm like, I feel ridiculous right now. And he's like, can you believe this is our job? Like, <laughs> this is work right now. <laughs> Doing something as stupid as that is work, technically. It's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, it so totally good. is. Even like, <gasps> I don't um, know any other way. <laughs> filming stuff like outside, 
or like trying to like vlog something outside like i still feel really stupid oh. doing that i don't know if yeah. that ever goes away yeah. but like no. i don't know i instantly start like sweating bullets <laughs> if i ever like try to hold a camera in front of me i'm like please <laughs> no one look at me or i'll explode into a million pieces yeah I usually go into like the forest or find like some trail or something where I know I'll be like hidden from public. But yeah, it's like, yeah. Cause it's like, if someone like looked at me and be like, Hey, I'm working here. Like go, go about your business. I'm trying to do my job. Yeah. Get off my set. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is my set right here. You just yeah. always have that fear in the back of your head that influencers in the wild is like secretly recording you. <laughs> and you're just like, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah steve this has been such a wonderful conversation yeah. and i feel like we could go another couple hours mm -hmm. uh but for the sake of the the listeners and the viewers would you like to uh, wrap things up by plugging your your channels and where everyone could find you so that everyone can can follow along with what you're up to yeah absolutely um so I, i'd say probably the best place is just to to head to my youtube channel i guess steve antonioni on youtube you know the last name's a little bit a little bit tricky because of all the onis but uh i'm sure you guys will be able to figure <laughs> it out <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much it and uh this is awesome conversation like it was so great to chat with you guys i feel like we're we're very much kindred spirits so i really had a good mm -hmm. time Likewise, man. Thanks so much for being here, man. Thank you. You can find all of Steve's channels and, and everywhere he's online in the uh, show notes below. You can use the links right there. Uh, thank you, Steve, for being here. Thanks for having uh, the best name of any guest that we've had so far. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of Rally Caps. All right. Peace.